Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly, so I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. I am so excited to bring this guest to y'all today because you, we talk about so many things in this episode. It's honestly fabulous. And I know this will relate to a lot of people. Marlise Shaw is being interviewed on the podcast today. She is a client of ours at Be About Being Better. She went through our Begin Better program, different than the Academy. And this program, the way that when I developed this program, I looked at our most successful Academy clients and I was like, what did these clients come into the program already knowing? What habits did they already have? What mindset shifts did they already make? And to make clients even more successful in the Be About Being Better Academy, what could they know or be taught beforehand to give them a stronger foundation for our coaching philosophies at Be About Being, you know, really non-diet, intuitive eating, sustainable, healthy lifestyle approach? And so that's what I took to create the curriculum for the Begin Better program. It's another 12-week program. It takes 10 minutes a week. So it's very low time commitment and it's very low cost. It's a very cost-effective program and we have several different payment options for it, even some extended payment plan options, which can make it even more cost-effective and affordable for people. So the... um Information about the Begin Better program and always our quiz if you're not sure if that's the right program for you. But I'll also link to, yeah, we'll link everything up in the show notes. We'll link my quiz if you want to take that if you haven't already. But I'll also put our info page about the Begin Better program because Marlise is going to talk about it in her experience a bit. She's going to tell, she's got a lot of stuff in her story. So she's going to dive into that. But she also speaks on her experience and her takeaways from the Begin Better program. And it's a program that y'all don't hear about so much. I feel like I talk about the Academy more often um, because the Begin Better program is a fairly new program. So I'm excited for y'all to hear her experience. And this could be a good program for you, especially if you're someone that has been listening to the podcast for a bit. You're not sure if you want to dive into the academy. You're not sure if you want to want to and or are able to make the bigger financial investment to join the academy. The Begin Better program is a really good way to dip your toes in. Uh, You get daily accountability from me and messenger access back and forth. You get a workout plan. You get access to our workout app. You get two coaching calls with me throughout the time of the program. And I help pace the healthy habits that we work on and your your journey there. So it's fully customized um, as far as the accountability. Like I choose what we're working on for the week, but then we figure out, okay, how are we going to weave that healthy habit into your specific schedule? So more information on the Begin Better program is in the show notes. And I just want to give some trigger warnings for this episode because Marlies has a really impactful story, but she's had a hard journey. So uh, the mention of eating disorders in this and history of um, and some mention of under eating and being underweight. And you know, she mentioned some numbers as well. So I just wanted to um, 
warn y'all of of that. But I want to let you know that she has a really positive ending. She's in recovery now and is literally thriving. Hashtag thriving. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but I wanted to give those those trigger warnings. And she talks about a new type of eating disorder that we don't hear about that much. And that's up and coming in the research. There's some studies done on it, but it's we have so much more to know, no more in eating disorders in general, but also for this specific type of eating disorder that she had. So I'm excited for y'all to hear about that. Yeah, she's got a super impactful story and I'm really excited for you to dive in. Thank you for, for listening and I'll see you in the episode. Hello, y'all. I am so excited to welcome this amazing, amazing, amazing guest on the Be About Being Better podcast. She is just such an incredible person, a bright light. Um, and as you just heard in the intro, a a client of ours at Be About Being Better. We got Marlies Shaw in the house. How you doing, girl? <laughs> I'm doing so good. How are you? Yay! I'm doing well. I'm so pumped to be chatting with you. Um, so as you know here at Be About Being Better, when we um, start our podcast uh, conversations. We just like to dive in. I mean, I know people listen to an intro, but ain't nobody got time for a longer intro. So we're just going to dive in. And <laughs> I'm really excited for people to hear your story because people really need this message and your story is really going to impact a lot of people. So I'm so pumped to dive in. So my first question for you, Marlies, what, what is something that you've been through that ultimately made your life better? So when I was a teenager, I kind of had some eating troubles. Um, I got sent to the EMILY program, which is an eating disorder clinic here in Spokane. And I was like the fifth adolescent admitted there, which was kind of scary. Like they didn't, they had just opened and I was there five days a week for seven hours a day. I was in inpatient care. Wow. And I was not well. Um. I was like 92 pounds, couldn't even hold up my own body weight, Um, very weak, very lethargic, like no energy. I couldn't even stand for two minutes. Like it was really bad. Um, And I got out of there and ended up going back, I think like three or four years later, Mm. because I was then living on my own in a very toxic relationship and didn't really take care of myself. I had like a lot of fear around food at that time which I didn't even really understand because I love food but you know when like the naked juice scandal came out and they had like the mislabel and there was a bunch of things in there that were on the label well that like scared me for the rest of everything and then it even got worse with like the GMOs and fruits and vegetables I was like Mm -hmm. oh my god nothing is safe I can't eat anything like I just wanted to eat healthy so I felt good and everything just like terrified me And so I went back to treatment and they wanted me to do inpatient care all the way in like Seattle or Michigan or something Mm. like that. And I just couldn't uproot my life at that time. So I like cried and broke down and was like, I got this. I've been here before. I just need a little bit of help. And the doctor was very hesitant about having me do outpatient care, but he let me do it. And everything over time got a lot better. I learned a lot. I reduced my fear of awful foods and Mm. they helped me out. They pretty much saved my life. So that's, yeah, it was a long journey, but very worth it. Wow. Wow. And you really have come out on the other side, recovered, thriving. 
I, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Number, thank you so much for for sharing your story. I know it takes a lot of courage, a lot of vulnerability to to share what you've been through and to like relive it as you're telling it. And one thing that I wanted to point out about something that you said is that you were like, I didn't really un- understand it. I don't know why I had this problem because I love food. So is that that's mm-hmm. that disconnect, and that is a disconnect and a misconception that a lot of people have when it comes to various eating disorders because it's not a choice. And it really it takes over. It hijacks your mind, and mm-hmm. it, it alters your brain chemistry ultimately. And even though you love food, and people don't do this to themselves because they because they want to, it ends up um, really being like a mental illness. Right, definitely. I think the thing that was very confusing the first time I was there was. They didn't even have a diagnosis for me. I wasn't anorexic. I wasn't bulimic. I didn't purge, nothing like that. But I was very malnutritioned. I had an unhealthy relationship with food. Mm. And so when I went back a few years later, I was so, so grateful that they had a new diagnosis between the first time I went and the second time that I ended up going there. They were finally able to find a proper diagnosis of ARFID for me. And so learning what that was, When you don't know what's going on, you don't know how to fix it. You don't have any understanding of it. So to finally be able to have a diagnosis and learn what was wrong with my eating habits, I had something that I could hold on to that I could work with Mm -hmm. and grow with and work on and develop outside of that. Yeah. And I really appreciate you highlighting this. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring you on the show is because when I think think when people think eating disorder, they think anorexia bulimia and maybe just that maybe some people know like binge eating disorder or something like that although people think there's binge eating i don't know if they know that binge eating can actually be a disorder but then there is something called arfid um so could you explain what arfid is and how you kind of came to first learn about what that was was it when you were um admitted yes so that was Back in, I was probably like 18 or 19 Mm. years old. So the second time I had gone and it's avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And so it's similar to anorexia as in you're not eating enough, you're not getting enough nutrients, but it's without the fear of gaining weight. So Mm. I've always been very, very petite my entire life. I'm like a green bean noodle, swear to it. And I want to gain weight. I've wanted to gain weight my entire life and just haven't. I think the most I've ever weighed was like 126. Mm-hmm. And people always say like, oh, you're so lucky. I'm so jealous. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it doesn't feel that way when that's all I've experienced. Like my goal is to be 130, 140 pounds. Like, and so to be unable to gain that weight was very hard. It created a lot of like body dysmorphia. But ARFID is basically like ARFID used to be um, selective eating disorder. And so it's very picky eating. Um, It depends on like your mood. Your mood has a lot to do with your appetite. Um, You know you need to eat. But sitting in front of a meal, your body would just feel sick rather than feeling hungry. And so I've literally sat at the dinner table and like, cried while I'm eating dinner with my family because I couldn't get one bite of dinner down and I just felt so nauseous and so weak Mm. and I knew I would need to eat but there was a misfire in my brain to where I'm not feeling hunger I just feel sick and 
eating one bite of food, my body would feel like it like rejected it almost. Mm. And we do have favorite food. People with ARFID generally are on some sort of ADHD or autism spectrum. That's where mm. it's most prominent, which I just recently learned. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Yeah. And so we have a lot of like sensory like favoritisms or dislikes, especially with food. And then we have our favorite foods, like our go-tos. And when I was a teenager, it wasn't very healthy go-to foods. I would eat like a whole bag of Ruffles or Cheez-Its or Wheat Thins. It was really bad. But now that I've eaten a lot of healthier foods and learned about food, like I have my favorite go-tos that are super healthy for me. Avocado toast with tomatoes and fried egg on top or things like that. And I still have my favorite foods, but now I kind of mix it up a little bit more and I'm always trying new things. And so I've reduced a lot of like my pain and my weakness and stomach issues and things like that. So it's been a process. And I mean, it still affects me sometimes, mostly on an emotional level. Mm. If I'm sad or I'm like having a weird day, I don't really have an appetite, but through that I've learned that replacing it with like smoothies or an apple or a banana some sort of fruit always kind of kickstarts my hunger back just eating Mm. something small just kind of like activates that and I can take that throughout my day yes absolutely and we recently just did an episode on uh picky eating tips tips if you're on ADHD medications and a lot of the tips in that episode can work for ARFID although we recommend for ARFID you need to you know really be seeing a therapist about this and a a dietitian as well that really specializes in that because it's very nuanced and a lot of it is psychological because it's so linked to mood, like you said. And one thing I wanted to point out is there is a difference and maybe you can expand on this a little bit more between just having like favorite foods, because I think we all have favorite foods that we like. We have likes and dislikes and that's fine. That doesn't mean that you have an eating disorder if you don't like to eat everything. Uh, like I'm not a huge pizza person. It doesn't mean that I have an eating disorder, which people think that's crazy, but whatever. <laughs> um, but that I think, and let me know if I'm explaining this right. When it comes to ARFID, it's picky eating. You have more safe foods. It's like I can only eat these things. So yes, these are my favorite foods, but these are also my safe foods and like the only foods that I really can tolerate and will turn to. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, especially Mm. with eating out. Like if I go to a restaurant, it used to happen a little more. I'm I'm venturing out now, which I'm really happy for when I go and try new things. Yes, Yes. we're here for it. But it it used to be like if I went to Olive Garden, it was chicken fettuccine. That was it. If I went to a burger joint, it was just a super burger with fries. That's it. Like it was always the same thing. And sometimes I still do that because it is just my favorite food. But Mm. With ARFID, you're very, like, very, very hesitant to reach outside of that. Because one mm. thing with it is, how do I this? So if you go into eating a meal and you think that this is what you want, and then you take a bite of it and your body's like, mm, no, I wanted something else. Mm. But if that thing's not available and your body's craving it, like that's the only thing that it can eat. And so if I look in my pantry or my fridge and I'm craving a very specific meal and it's not available, you like have a really hard time eating. 
anything else. Like mm-hmm. it, it almost like cuts off your hunger and you're not hungry anymore. Or mm-hmm. there's been times where I've made a meal and I think it'll taste really good. I think I'm going to enjoy it. And then I take a bite and I'm like, mm, no, that's not it. I won't. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's the flavor that my body is looking for. And my mind is looking for, and it's not there. So it's just, it's almost out the window, which is mm-hmm. really hard because you know, you need to eat but it's just not jiving with you. Right. There's almost this like a particular nature, like, oh, there's something about the texture that I can't handle um, mm-hmm. or some other sensory thing, whether it's, it's a smell. And if you're fixated on something with ARFID, you need that or nothing else is going to work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then it's this pretty much also... like an all or nothing. Mm. And that's really hard because if you're all or nothing – that can lead to, I mean, you said before you were really malnourished. If you're only eating the same things and you don't have a lot of variety and maybe the things that you're turning to, like I know uh, for a lot of people that have arvids, like chicken nuggets, it's like those love good protein. Yeah. Right? I love chicken nuggets. Yeah, good protein. I love chicken. <laughs> However, uh, you're missing, if that's the only thing you're eating, you're missing so many essential vitamins and minerals that we need in our diet. So that can lead to deficiencies and make you even more yeah. malnourished. Yeah. yeah, one of my go-to meals growing up was just a bowl of Alfredo pasta, nothing else in it because I was too lazy to cook anything else with it. So I would just boil noodles, pour Alfredo sauce on it and call it a day. And I would eat like a giant bowl, like literally bigger than my head. It was ridiculous. And wow. so all I was getting was just way too many carbs and nothing else. I was protein deficient for a really, really, really long time. Wow. Protein. It takes a while to cook. And then I had to really learn all the other proteins that are out there because for a long time, I just thought it was me. Like, I didn't think I would be able to get enough protein from anything else. And so through this journey, I've learned how to upkeep my protein intake, which has been really nice. It gives yeah. me a lot more energy. I'm able to like process the rest of what I'm eating very well. And so that's really cool. Yes. Protein is like the best macronutrient, truly. I mean, I love carb suit, love fats, love all the things. Mm. And you said you like avocado toast. I think that's fabulous. But there is something so special about protein. I don't know what it just make it makes us feel good. It gives us energy. It keeps us satiated. It helps to balance our blood sugar, helps us to build muscle. It's just all around like the best macronutrient, truly. And it's <laughs> easy to get deficient in that. Um, and it can make you weaker, like you said, you could barely stand up. If you're protein deficient, you really are weak. Your hair can get very brittle. It's you know, It can lead to a, a lot of different um, adverse effects. So I appreciate you speaking to that. Now, to get yourself to a place of recovery, what are some like key things that come to mind? What helped you in that process towards recovery? So one of the main things that helped me to get like my fruits and vegetables in, because through my uh, eating disorder clinic journey, they gave me a packet because I was on a very like personalized diet. And it wasn't like they told me what to eat, but it was portions of protein, carbs, and fruit, vegetables. And when I looked through the list, it was almost foreign to me. And so I went through and put a blue dot by not only the ones that I have eaten before, but even the ones that I have heard of. And so I may not have eaten it, but I've heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And I realized looking through that list, I only knew about one fourth of the foods out there that existed. And that was just in the wow. list. So I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know that this was food. And so 
I tried so many fruits and vegetables for the first time. Wait, can you actually let us know? Do you remember anything on the list that you were like, I didn't even know that food existed? Like anything that surprised you? Um, not the ones that didn't exist, but I was surprised that I hadn't tried. Um, and so between maybe like the last four or five years, I had tried mushrooms, zucchini, bell peppers, like green onions, pineapple, mango, like for the first time. Like I pretty much lived 20 years of my life never having any of that. Mm. And so my parents raised us on a very American diet. Um, We didn't eat breakfast, which is kind of sad. And then they would always make the same sandwich every day for us to eat at school. Mm. And then when we came home for dinner, it was spaghetti, corn dogs, burgers pizza like very american no vegetables yeah they say the standard american diet sad sad <laughs> like the standard american <laughs> diet is kind of sad that's funny that you said that too oh my god that's funny i haven't yeah. heard that that's great <laughs> but yeah so i basically had to teach myself these things and teach mm. myself how to cook with them and something that really helped me was finding foods that i already know that i like for example chicken alfredo um i would sneak vegetables into it so I would chop up mushrooms very finely so that the texture didn't bother me now I love them so like I'll throw the whole thing in there but I would also cut up I would also cut up like zucchini yellow squash I would put bell peppers in there I would throw sausage in there and so it would be more of like a like a pasta mix of just everything and like half of it would be vegetables and so it's really cool to just kind of hide the foods that you're trying in foods that you already like. Mm. Um, another example is like with grilled Smart. cheese. I love grilled cheeses. If you slice up like yellow and red bell peppers and put it in the grilled cheese, so good. Sometimes I'll put a slice of tomato in my grilled cheese and or turkey slices to add extra protein in there. I put ham in mine and then yes, so so dip it good. in the tomato soup. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. It's such a good combo. So I love that you said that. It's like, hey, what are our safe foods or our favorite foods, the foods that we can tolerate? How do we make those more nutrient dense? How do we start to sneak in some new foods that we haven't tried before into things that we already mm-hmm. like to kind of sandwich it? And in the case of the grilled cheese, literally sandwich it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then I think the other thing that helped me is because when I was a teenager, I would wake up every morning between 5 and 6 a.m. That's not my wake up time, but I would wake up in excruciating. My stomach Mm. would literally feel like it's like ripping me in half. And so many mornings, my dad would walk out and I would be like on my hands and knees crawling to the fridge, grab a glass. And I'm like still sitting on the floor trying to fill up my glass of water. And I would physically have to like move my stomach in and out to get any of it to go down because I would gorge myself at night. So like not getting enough food during the day, I would just, I would binge it and then I would yeah. fall asleep. I would basically eat till I fell asleep. There were so many nights, like a bag of ruffles is literally waking up with me. In the bed. Wow. And so from falling asleep after just eating so much and consuming way too much at night, I would fall asleep right after. And so my body at some point would stop digesting and the food would get stuck. And so when I woke up, it would be trying to digest with no water intake and things like that. And so it was very painful. And so I had to figure out how to get more calories in during the day so that I would stop gorging at night. 
Yeah. But because I was in so much pain, I didn't want to. My body wasn't used to eating that. And so what one of my dietitians had explained to me is like, drink a glass of water. And if even if you're not hungry, like eat an apple, eat a banana, something small, something light to just kind of let your stomach know and your body know like, hey, it's time to be awake. It's okay to eat. Like, and it kind of kickstarts your metabolism and your hunger for the day. And so it used to be that I would literally eat like one fried egg or one hash brown in the morning or one piece of fruit. And now I wake up and I'm like super hungry. Like I've trained my body to do that, which is great. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. And that really helped me to drink a glass of water and just eat something small as soon as you wake up. Yes, I love that. And not waiting until the end of the day because it's just too much for your body. It, like you said, you just you feel sick after you don't digest as well. And you don't feel good during the day if you're not eating enough. When we're sleeping, we're in more of a recovery state. Mm -hmm. So like our brain is consolidating memories. Our muscles are healing themselves. Our gut wants to take a break. So if you're putting a lot of food in right before bed, there's just not it's you're not going to digest well. Plus, it's really not good to be eating something and then lying down. That doesn't help for digestion and like for reflux purposes as well. So mm -hmm. I'm really happy that you were you found a way to kind of change your schedule and have um, a new a new way of eating versus nothing during the day and then so much at night. What are some other things that helped you? Um, so for the nighttime, because I avoid eating super late at night, I always drink a cup of lemon honey water first thing when I wake up and right before I go to bed. Lemon honey water has literally been one of my saviors for that. It's so relaxing too, very meditative and calming. I'll sit there and read a book or like pretty much just read a book but that's helped a lot at the nighttime and waking up and then finding a love for working out yoga pilates even just going on a walk I found that if I'm not super hungry first thing in the morning I'll drink my tea and like go for a walk around the block and by the time I'm home just like one block I'm super hungry and so just moving my body a little bit starts activating my hunger and I'm like almost like a pig. Like I'm like foraging for everything in my cupboards at that point. So I never used to work out until I was probably 20, 21 years old. Like I didn't do anything before that. And so finding a love for working out and moving my body, even if it's just dancing in the morning to music and just like a little bit of movement. I mean, this morning I did 10 minutes of yoga and I feel great. Like you really don't have to do a whole lot of movement to just kind of get in the groove of things. Yes, I love that. And it's so true. We don't have to do a super intense workout. And if, also, if you're not eating enough at all to like just support your basic needs, like are you familiar with RMR, your resting metabolic rate? Yes. Okay, awesome. I'm sure that has come up in, in your treatments and things and in, in your research. Um, but for listeners that may not know, your resting metabolic rate is the amount of calories that your body burns just by being at rest. So if you just laid in bed all day, did not move one muscle, your body burns a certain number of calories just to keep your brain functioning, your blood pumping, your heart pumping, your lungs going, your digestive tract going, all the things just that are happening internally. And, um, I would say everyone has an individual number of what their RMR is and just at rest, how many calories we burn. But I do the calculation so much and I've been obviously running Be About Being Better for 
five years now. We've coached hundreds of clients. So I've done the calculation quite a bit. I would say most of the clients that come through the academy, their their RMR is between 1,200 and 1,500 calories, Mm -hmm. somewhere in that range. So if you're only eating 1,000 calories, 800 calories, like you're not getting enough to even just meet your basic need to keep your body functioning at rest. So then imagine, I mean, I'm talking with my hands right now because I'm always talking, like we're burning calories as we're fidgeting. If you're getting up in the morning, if you're brushing your teeth, if you're doing the dishes, walking to your car to go to work, typing on the computer, texting, picking up your phone to answer a phone call, scrolling, all of these things burn calories because they're just activities of daily living. And then if you put a workout on top of that, you're expending even more calories. So if you're not taking calories, enough calories in, like you're just, you're going to feel weak. You are going to burn out. You're, you're going to get hungry really quick. Yeah. It's going to stimulate your, (laughs) your metabolism. And eventually sometimes we'll lose those hunger cues because our metabolism will realize, okay, I'm not getting enough food to meet my basic need. So I'm going to kind of shut down some processes. So I make, so your body starts saying, I'm going to expend less calories because we're not getting enough. So a lot of times our digestion will slow down and that can lead to gas, constipation, irregular bowel movements, bloating. Bloating is a huge thing. So when people say they're bloating, it's like, you know, you don't need to go get the greens supplement that is you're being targeted for on Instagram or TikTok. Like you don't need a green supplement. Probably just need to be eating more and eating more consistently and not skipping meals. Um, so that's a huge thing that I see is that people um, are trying to show up for these workouts, but they're like, my body isn't changing or I'm getting super fatigued. It's like, well, we're, we're probably not eating enough. So I'm happy that you realize that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a part of your brain that just keeps you alive and it'll send signals to you that like, hey, I need this for survival to keep myself alive. And if you don't feed that, which I wasn't feeding that, it's going to stop sending. it. And so it gets to a point where you don't feel hungry. You just feel sick. Oh, that's so true. You you do start to feel sick. Um, and I'm really happy that you've gotten out of that. And you've gotten now to a place of recovery, living your life, living your best life. But we found each other and you decided to sign up for coaching with Be About Being Better. So what went into that? When did you realize, okay, I do want to sign up for coaching. I need some extra support. Um, yeah. What made you want to join the program? Um, so a couple years ago, I ended up getting a personal trainer for fitness because you know I had never worked out my whole life. I tried going to the gym and I was just like hurting myself. I'm mm. like hypermobile, overly flexible, things like that. And so I was really prone to injury. Yeah. And so I gained a lot of knowledge and insight from paying for that. And sometimes we got to pay for what we want and it it's worth it. It's worth it to invest in yourself. And so when I stopped doing that, I was able to keep that knowledge and keep that like snowball of motivation going just with even myself. And so you came up on my TikTok and you just like kept popping up and I was like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. Mm. And from mentoring with my personal trainer, I was like, dude, I could do this in other areas of my life because I have this base knowledge from going through my whole eating disorder journey. And it's just, I was missing something. I didn't know how to apply it 
And so all this information that I had was like so scattered everywhere. I knew what I needed to do, but like, how do I do it? And so going from like scattered knowledge into being able to like organize and apply it was very necessary Mm. for me. I have a really bad habit of like, I'm going to do everything all at once. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to get everything done and I'm going to eat all my meals and I'm going to cook everything fresh. And like, I would burn out within three days, like three days is the max. And I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't keep up. And so something that you've really helped me with is like, we don't have to do it all, all the time. Like if you can just do one thing for yourself that day, hey, you did something. And so that really, really helped me a lot, especially with like, I've been going through some things recently. And so being able to remind myself that like, it's okay to slow down and take time for yourself and then like hop back on the wheel or you're ready. Yeah. And like working on my habits. So like hoping that like my habits and lifestyle change will just kind of continue to trickle into other areas of my life because mm-hmm. that's inevitable. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Once you better your health, I mean, this is why I named my company Be About Being Better is because if we can optimize your health, kind of free up that mental headspace where you don't have to think about food so much and your routines are more automatic, you don't have as many negative self-deprecating thoughts, that just frees you up energetically. Number one, if you optimize your health, you're going to have more energy, more productivity, more confidence. And if we free up that mental headspace, you just have more bandwidth to devote to other areas in your life that can actually move the needle. Like you can show up for your finances. You can optimize your relationships. You can dig deeper, heal your inner child. You have the capacity to heal your gut or go back to therapy and just do more in your career and optimize. The one thing that surprised me the most was water. Like I thought I was getting Mm -hmm. enough water and I wasn't. And so for that first week where it's just water, that's all I had to focus on, which was great. Mm -hmm. It felt very freeing mentally that okay all I have to do for this week is water and then whatever else I do and when I got all my water intake for like a week or two weeks I remember I messaged you and I was like oh my god I have so much energy I did not realize how tired I was just because I wasn't drinking enough water and so that snowballed into the next week and into the next week and Mm -hmm. things just kind of they got smoother yeah yeah oh I'm so happy that you spoke to that because that's one of the reasons I wanted to structure our Begin Better program, that the way that it is, we just focus on one healthy habit at a time to get you to see. We don't need, especially for someone like you that was very all or nothing. I wanted to do all the things, but I only lasted three days. It's like, we need to get comfortable just doing something versus just trying to do everything and then doing nothing. And like, if you can't do everything, then I'm going to do nothing. So almost helping you pace the program, we're just going to focus on one thing at a time helps with that long-term sustainability because you have a stronger foundation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, it was really cool to just kind of like pick one thing at a time, kind of like the James Clear, like 1% better type thing of like habits. Like if you just do one thing for yourself every day yeah. for like a month, 1% better every day. Well, by the end of the month, you're 30%. Better. And then next month, you're 60% better. Like just doing that 1%, that one small thing for yourself, compound so many. It's yeah, I didn't even 100%. realize until I lived it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You really um took the program by storm. You applied everything, and clearly you're getting so much out of it. And I'm really happy that not every day in the program was bright and shiny for you because I think you have a really good testimonial to this that not every day is gonna look perfect. And oh. I think sometimes <laughs> things happen 
everything happens in, in God's perfect timing. But for you, I'm so happy that these things happened while you were in the context of the program because we were able to support you and really give you you know that, that personalized support and you weren't alone going through this and figuring out how do I keep up with my health? How do I do something when in the past I would have pulled back and done absolutely nothing? So you went through a really hard time personally in the middle of the program that kind of led you to maybe quote unquote fall back on some of your healthy habits. Like you were making all these progress and fall back. But th this is life, that this is what a sustainable, healthy lifestyle looks like. So do you mind speaking to that and what helped you in the course of the program get your healthy habits back, get your routine back while you were going through this difficult time? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it all kind of happened within a few days. Uh, me and my partner went through a really big breakup. I mean, and it lasted a long while too. That was really, really hard. And then at the same time, I had some roommates moving out. So literally I had like three people moving out of my house at once. So my, my rent just like quadrupled and I didn't have money for it. And I lost like the best relationship I've ever had at this point. So that was very difficult. I mean, this person, the absolute world to me. And with them, I found a lot of motivation. I found a lot of drive to want to better myself with them, for them, for myself. Like I had all these goals and ambitions for myself and for our future. And so that just kind of crumbled. And one of the things that helped me the most through this was reminding myself of those small steps. So like, I couldn't get my water intake in. I couldn't bring myself to go work out. I couldn't bring myself to make all these snacks and meals for myself. And so what I did do was I got myself out of bed every day. I got dressed. I may have gotten dressed in sweats and a sweatshirt, but I'm out of Still bed. Still got dressed. And I have yeah. clothes on. <laughs> yeah. And through that, every day I was able to like wash my face, brush my hair, and brush my teeth. That was it. Like mm. that's all I could bring myself to do. And I reached out to you, and like you helped me feel a lot more comfortable with that. Like, hey, like it's okay to take a step back and rest and reset because if we're still trying to do everything on top of this like it's not going to feel best it's not going to be our best work it's not going to be the best for ourselves sometimes we really do just need to pause and reset and like recalibrate where we are yes and, and then, almost change the standard of like what's that one thing like if we're only going to do one thing for our health like i think a lot of people are like, oh well i'll meditate every day because that's my one thing or i'll journal or i'll go you know for a workout and I think it's hard to like go from that to that because you had already accepted at that point in the program that I just need to do something versus nothing. But we changed what that something was. The baseline changed where it was like, okay, in this season, my something has to be brushing my teeth, brushing my hair, changing my clothes. And those are even three things. Sometimes we only can do one of those, right? <laughs> so it's like these were my little things. Whereas before when I wasn't in this difficult season – of course I was going to do those things and I was going to do something else on top of it. And that was my one thing, but it's like, no, 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 wait back. This was my new baseline. So I think it's very difficult to get comfortable with that. And I'm so proud of you for, for leaning into that and staying consistent with that because that helped you build the muscle for following through on commitments to yourself and rebuilt momentum back in your life. And helped yeah. you feel grounded when so much was out of your control. That was something that you could control. Yes, I'm also very thankful. Um, the job that I was working with, I was a well, I still am a caregiver, just different company now. Um, 
But it was really, really hard to be able to care for my clients and as well as caring for myself. Like if you can't take care of yourself, you really don't feel like you're taking care of clients very well and they didn't deserve that. So I called one of my supervisors and pretty much broke down to her and she totally understood. She's been there before as well. She's had to take time off of work. And so she's like, look, we'll see how much sick time you have so that you don't have to go without pay. And like, let's get you some time off, like take care of yourself eat ice cream and watch Netflix for two weeks if you have to do it like that totally wasn't my vibe what I ended up doing was small things for myself but being able to take those two weeks off of work while getting paid I was so 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 appreciative of and I found time for myself to like read books which really helped me Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear was absolutely amazing I literally recommend it to anyone who wants to like up their life um and then one that I'm still working on that is just blowing my mind is breaking the habit of being yourself by Joe Dispenza that Mm. one is like on a quantum atomic level like bettering yourself and like rewiring your old ways of living and things like that so like that was very beneficial I moved my entire room around because in Atomic Habits, he explains, like, you can't build old habits in an environment where those old habits play. Mm. And so changing your environment, changing the energy and, like, the flow of where these things are that create those habits is so important. And so, like, to be honest, I just couldn't sleep or be in the same room that, like, me and my partner had, like, rearranged and moved for ourselves. Mm. Like, every time I walked in, I was just, like, reminded of everything. And so... I couldn't do that to myself. So I moved my entire room around and it felt so much better. And just like doing these little things to make little adjustments and like make it back to myself again. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that so much. You have a little feng shui there, dive into personal (laughs) development, um, opening up to your community. Hey, I need help. It's it's so hard for people to ask for help. And you were like, this is what I'm going through. I'm going to be really transparent. You were with me and and with your boss too. Hey, I need some support right now. I need some community. What what can I do? And people's grace, we were really able to give you the space to get the insights that you needed from, from those books and to be able to care for yourself. And we have to feel to heal. If you just continue to plow through and work through that and care for other people when you weren't pouring into yourself and you're just pouring from an empty pitcher, like number one, that's not sustainable. That is like the quickest way, quickest way to burn out. Um, but it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel aligning and it doesn't help the people on the other end of that. We have to pour into ourselves in order to pour out into other people. So I'm really happy that you went through that process of feel to heal because if you avoid that feeling process and really slowing down and giving yourself that time, it it will catch up with you and it will be harder for you to work through that, that difficult time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the last thing that helped me as well was you sent me a five-minute journal which I had been wanting for a long time, but, and it literally came like, I think a week or two weeks after all this blew up and I got it in the mail and I just like had tears in my eyes. And so that's been really cool to focus on the positives, even though so much quote unquote negative is swirling around sometimes in our lives, like bringing ourselves back to those small little positives, small little things of like gratitude is Mm. beyond helpful like I didn't even realize how much just like focusing on that helped 
carry that throughout your day and throughout your night and so that's yes. I'm very thankful for that thank you so much that has oh, helped oh me tremendously you have no idea wow oh I still gosh. do it, it every day pleasure. and every night <laughs> yeah because it's so easy I uh, like it's I love the five minute journal and I truly think it should be called the two minute journal I know I say this every time I talk about it but it takes so little time and one thing that I think whether consciously you realize this or subconsciously that journal helped you with the little things like what can I control, what can I, and what can I do each day. The section that's oh, I have literally have it right here next to me. <laughs> Always we're literally attached to them. Okay, so one of the questions in the morning says, "What would make today great?" And in the beginning, when it explains how to use the journal, it talks about this that you shouldn't put things in there like, "Well, I hope my flight's on time," or "I hope I have a smooth." flight. I hope I don't hit traffic or I hope the weather's nice. That would make today great if it was a sunny day and didn't rain. It's like, okay, but you can't control those things. So write down three things that would make your day great that you actually can control. And I think right. that can Something get you to that see comes like, from you. Yes. Yes. And I think for you, it's like, okay, well, I can control if I put on some clothes, if if I brush my teeth, if I brush my hair, um, if I read a couple pages of my book today, maybe I won't finish a whole chapter, but I could read 10 pages or I could read for 10 minutes. I could change my space. I could reach out to a friend. I could do Pilates. Um, I know that was something that you've you know gotten into and that really helped you as well to changing the form of movement that you were doing. So yeah, what's, what's in your control? And I think the five-minute journal is so great about giving you the questions to write out. Sometimes looking at a blank journal, you're not really sure what to write. And it helps you build the habit for how can I make my day great? When there's so many outside circumstances that we can't control, what can I do to make my own happiness a choice? Oh, I'm so excited. Is there anything else about your story that you want to say to the, the audience? Any other like words of wisdom or things you've picked up or things that were helpful? Um, Something that's been helpful for me through all of this is like trying new things. So like you said, I've been doing Pilates recently. That's very, very good for me. Uh, and so I'm diving deeper into that and doing that like twice a week. I kind of fell off a bit last month, but that's okay. We get back on it and it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's been a lot of life changes with me. I've made some healthier choices on getting sober and getting my life together mm -hmm. and just really focusing on me and putting myself first. And so yeah. sometimes with that, you lose some friends, you lose mm -hmm. a little bit of your circle, but finding solitude and joy in things that I want to do is very, very peaceful. It's really humbling. And so something that I'm looking for this month and I'm going to take with me is I want to start going to slam posts. And nobody that I know is like into that and that's totally fine. But that's something that I'm going to do for myself by myself. Yes. Like, I love that. So, so slam poetry. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. I Actually, love I it. I totally know where it came from. I was watching Ginny and Georgia. I don't know if you've seen that episode or that no. series, but it literally got me like through my breakup. I swear to God, Ginny and Georgia saved me through this. I binged the whole thing. And I love it. one of the characters writes beautifully, absolutely beautifully. And she went to a slam poetry night with her dad. And then like a week or two later, ended up presenting one of her poetries. And like, I was just so inspired by it. I've been reading a lot and like, I've been trying to grow my vocabulary. 
and things like that. And it's just, it's a peaceful environment that's not going to the bars and going out and doing all these things that I used to do that's really like not the best for me. And so finding other alternatives that entertain my time without it being the typical 20-something-year-old activities. Like, I'm kind of burnt out on that. And so, slam poetry, Pilates. I want to do, like, rock climbing. When this, yeah. When I just went rock climbing last, last weekend. I went to an indoor one, and it was really awesome. I'm, I was surprised by how much I liked it. So, yeah, I think trying new things can really break up old patterns and mm-hmm. get you to – like realize different things about yourself. I was like, as I was rock climbing, that's not really a type of movement that I typically do, but I was like, wow, I realized like how strong I am and um, how much Mm -hmm. courage I have for trying new things and hopping up on the wall when other people are watching me. And uh, it was a very humbling experience. I could only get up about halfway on the wall and there's literally a literal four-year-old next to me at the top of the, not mountain, (laughs) but like the wall. I I was very much humbled. And the first time I (laughs) went up, I was hanging there like maybe three feet off the ground the first time I up. And I I literally started tearing up. My friend's like, okay, just practice coming down and like sitting into the harness and like it will catch you. It doesn't feel like it's going to catch you, but it's going to catch you and you'll slow, slowly come down. And I'm like, I can't do it. I literally can't do it. And this little five-year-old just whips past me uh, from the top, it comes all the way down. I'm like, why can't I go three feet? I'm like, I'm so scared. Anyway, but after I got past that first time, it was fine. And I was like, wow, I actually have a lot of courage for doing this. And so you realize a lot about yourself when you put yourself in those different scenarios and it helps to break up the routine and create new patterns and new routines. Right. And it's so important to do those things like for yourself too. Like if nobody else wants to join you on that journey, do it for yourself. That's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Take yourself on solo dates. Have a solo day with yourself and just do what you want to do. It doesn't matter yes. if you're literally just like sitting there in the sun reading a book in a park with fruit. I do that all the time. Um, but that like, sounds amazing. That sounds <laughs> it's so nice. Like ideal so, day. You can't always depend on everyone wanting to do everything with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally okay to do that alone. And also something that I'm trying to do within that is since some room in my friend circle has kind of cleared up and they're just in some unhealthy patterns that I don't Mm. align with anymore. I'm trying to put myself in places where I can meet people that do align with where I want to go because who you surround yourself with is such a big impact on who you are. And Mm -hmm. so if you're surrounding yourself with people that don't align, then something needs to change. So putting myself Mm -hmm. in Pilates classes or Mostly with trying to go to these slam poetry nights, I'm trying to meet people that are either where I want to be or just aligned with where I'm at. So good. So good. Because that's how you progress and that's how you be about being better. Be See people who are ahead of you on the journey that you want to be like, that have the life that you want to have or have something that you want to have so that you can learn from them and learn from their mistakes. You can avoid their pitfalls or just be inspired by them. And then to be around people that are in the same phase of your journey that have the lifestyle that you're looking for and maybe aren't doing the habits that you're trying to get away from, that is how you better yourself. Uh, so good. And when people leave your life and kind of prune away, like if you're kind of cutting things off a tree, pruning away, it's more of a gardening term. It That's not always a bad thing. Sometimes things have to leave your life 
and we see this, we both just went through breakups, so we get it. Sometimes mm -hmm. people or things, opportunities have to leave our life so that we can add more into our life. Because sometimes these other things are taking up energy, taking up space, taking up time, attention, money that's taking away from our actual purpose, that's taking away from our ability to get to the next level. So we have addition by subtraction. And I think that's yes, what we've both experienced. Select. <laughs> yes. Okay. So last question. We always close out with this, but what is one thing you're going to do this week to make your week better? Honestly, I just decided like a few weeks ago that I wanted to do the slam poetry night. And like the snow where I'm at is finally mm. going away. Thank God the sun is coming out. Yes. And I found a couple of local slam poetry nights here. I don't know how they're going to go. But something that I do want to do for myself, uh, I'm going on a trip with my family here soon. And I want to try to find slam poetry nights in every city that I go to. Yes. Yeah. So this week, I'm going to try to go to some locally. And then in like two weeks, I think we're going down to Portland, Oregon. That's like the right city <laughs> for it, for sure. Yes. Amazing. Well, Marlies, thank you so much for joining the show and sharing your insights and your growth and just being so honest and transparent. Your journey is really inspiring and especially coming from such a low with your eating disorder history and having to be you know, inpatient multiple times like that is not an easy thing to crawl out of. And look at you now. Now you're diving into personal development. You have a healthy relationship with food. You're learning to love yourself and be comfortable being on your own. And these different emotional waves that you're going through are no longer impacting your eating because you have tools in your toolbox that allow you to, okay, even if emotionally I'm not there, or if I don't have a good appetite, here are some things that I can employ that would stimulate my appetite and make me feel better because I know I need to nourish myself and I'm building the habit for how do I show myself that I care, love, and respect myself. You're building that habit and you're just an amazing example. And if it's possible for you, it's possible for so many other people too that are listening. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Yeah, going through a quarter life crisis is weird, but I got the tools to go with it. <laughs> yes, 100%. Bye, girl. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share this show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better